Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to night two of the Owls on Culture Dragon Con nightly update. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I'm here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl. So, Saturday night at Dragon Con, what'd you think? What'd we do? Well, most importantly, we did the parade. That's right. The parade was the first thing. And uh, as we mentioned last night, talking about our parade uh, outfits and costumes. Did we? We did. And you encouraged me to wear the dinosaur mask with my Sam Neill, Dr. Grant outfit. And I did, and I liked it. But let's let's rewind a little bit. Let's tell them just about what happens behind the scenes at the Dragon Con Parade for a participant. Tell them about our morning. Uh, stressfulness and looking for where to go because we could not find, because we thought there'd be a specific section for the people of the Jurassic Park universe. There was not. We were kind of bunched in with a bunch of different fandoms. We were bunched in with like a Harley Quinn and like a Star Wars cosplayer. Yeah, so and we were in like section four, which is, I think, the American sci-fi. But it was, you know, it's such a... It also might have been a combination of just the everything Dragon Con. So there's just a lot of different kind of uh, genres and fandoms in the same area. And I, as a dad, you know, I did not handle this very well. You know, we got there. We were a little bit later getting there than I wanted to get there. Hank had an inflatable dinosaur outfit, which was awesome and looked amazing. And please go to our website and my Instagram for lots of pictures on it. But it was a thing, you know. So he came in street clothes. We brought the costume with us. I was already dressed. But we had to find out the right place to go and then put on the costume. And then I didn't really have complete faith that he would be able to see where he was going in the costume from the beginning. So I was a a ball of stress. And I was just kind of being like, can't see anything. I'm just a dinosaur in this world. I mean, we walked around a ton trying to find exactly where we were. It turns out we were in the right place. It just didn't feel like the right place. So eventually we started, you know, getting Hank into the costume, turning it on, inflating it up. You know, this is one of these big, you know, eight foot, eight to nine feet dinosaurs. And it's hot. It's really hot this You're morning. You're saying it's hot. I, I died from a heat stroke. Exactly. Yeah. So I go to give him some water. And I unzip the outfit, which causes you know it to def- to deflate because the vacuum seal is gone. And but he gets some water. But I when I reached my hand in there to hand him the water, it was like it was like a sauna. And I thought to myself, he's not going to make it on this parade. He's clearly going to pass out and have a heat stroke. And I'm going to be the worst dad ever for letting my son do that. Leading to him asking if I was okay every thirty seconds. Yeah, that, and I wish that was an exaggeration, but I really don't think it is. I was basically like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And wh- what did you finally tell me? I finally told you 
assume I, I'm okay. I will tell you if I am not okay. Otherwise, I am perfectly okay at all times. To which I said, are you okay? <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the parade itself. Because it did, it seemed to go off really well. We've done, this is our third year doing the parade? Fourth year? Third year. Okay, so because we were the empty child children once, and then we were the ood, yeah, and then now for your dinosaurs. Right, so we've had two parades in the Brit track doing Doctor Who stuff, and then one here in the kind of just general track. And I gotta be honest with you, I thought this was our most successful costume. Oh yeah, I got a bunch of. Two-fingered high-fives from little kids. Exactly. The kids were digging you. I saw many, many adults also smiling at you. And I also overheard some things regarding my costume. I think people got it, that I was Dr. Grant and a dinosaur, like a hybrid, or a dinosaur dressing as Dr. Grant after having killed him. I don't know what they were thinking. I was more thinking a dinosaur dressed as Dr. Grant. I do too. I wish for like a disguise. And I wish you had kind of played that up a little bit and like had the shirt kind of like misbuttoned, you know, like a dinosaur would do or some things. But again, we were not winging it, but you know, we hadn't planned it for months and months and or months. Or like a name tag that said definitely Dr. Grant. Or a name tag that said like definitely Dr. Grant. Right, that would have worked exactly. That would have worked also. So it was fun, but the uh, the route was amazing. The crowd was great. Again, kids loved seeing you, and you went and high fived them. And you know, every time you did, I got nervous because again, I was so worried that you couldn't see. You were about to die of heat stroke. I was about you falling into the crowd. So the whole time, like you, every time you moved, I was like, "Oh crap, he's moving! I better stay with him." <laughs> but I think. Uh, I think like it went I was off a baby well. Again, I was a baby dinosaur. My yeah. dinosaur father. And it was fun. It was really fun. This is the most fun I've had during the parade. It's weird, even though I'm an actor and I'm used to being, you know, in front of crowds and 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 thrive on it in that professional setting. I don't generally get into Halloween, or I mean, I do get into Halloween, but not necessarily dressing up in the costume. And same with this. I always feel a little bit awkward, uh, but it's fun. And this was the kind of the most fun I had, even worrying the entire time about you. Uh, so the parade ended, uh, and again, great crowds for the parade, and we took that outfit off you, and just sweat was pouring off like every part of your body. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was laid on the ground in front of the Marriott, and just sweat stands on the ground, on everything I touched. Drink those bottles of water the Boy Scout people gave us. And that water felt like... Basically, I couldn't tell if I was drinking the water or pouring it all over myself because of all the water that was already on me. Yeah, and we had a, a pretty specific plan for the day. So the parade was the you know priority. And then we knew we wanted to, you know, get out of the costume. So we we brought, you know, the costume with us in a trash bag. And we put it back in the trash bag afterwards. People probably thought we were carrying, like, a body just murdered someone. Yeah, somebody small. Um, Some dinosaur-shaped. So then we were at the Marriott. This is where the parade ends. And the things that we wanted to see today were also at the Marriott. So we kind of just went downstairs, grabbed a little 
call it an early lunch. And then what did we do after that? Then we got around the place. We were like two panels early to a Doctor Who panel with the 12th Doctor and his latest companion for season 10 of Doctor Who. And we kind of just people watched after that. And that was a lot of fun. I, I, I tell you, if you look, you, if you haven't been to Dragon Con, the small panels are great, and we talked about those last night. The large panels are amazing, and we'll talk about those in a little bit. But honestly, the most fun that Hank and I have down there is just milling about or finding a place to perch in a hotel and looking around and seeing the the costumes and the joy and 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 the the different fandoms that are representative. Uh, and we so we, and we played, you know, we would just play little like I Spy games. We played a game of Where's Waldo, where we picked a character. We'd have to find them. Uh, we chose Waldo, one of them. And it took <laughs> ages to find. The one that took the longest to find was Superman, which is or Bat, a Batman. It's the one that took the longest to find. Uh, because I guess no one, everyone thinks that Batman and Superman are two simple cosplays. They need to f- flex their knowledge of geekdom. They can't just dress up as Superman or Batman. Right. It is funny to see everybody kind of try to outdo their nerdiness and geekiness by, you know, picking the deep cut instead of like the greatest hits, you know, selection. But that, you know, that made it fun for us because I was like, you know, all right, let's just find a stormtrooper. You know, and of course we found that pretty easily, but you you can play little games like that and have a, and just have fun. It's also just fun seeing the personal interaction with everyone. Um, there's a lot of joy at Dragon Con. There's a lot of people um, trying to own themselves and maybe in their normal life, they're not able to live as free. And it feels like they can live a little bit freer at this, you know, con. And maybe I'm just rose color, you know, rose colored glasses glassing it. But it, it seems that way to me. And there's a lot of there's a lot of joy and love. Uh, so we hung out there for an hour or two, just watching and talking and and hanging out. And then it was time to get in line. And, and we should talk about the lines for these big panels. And the first panel we went to is, again, as Hank said, Peter Capaldi and Pearl Mackey, a Doctor Who panel that we knew would be crowded. And so we got in line, let's say two hours before the panel. Is that about right? Yeah, that's about right. We got in line very close to the beginning. Yeah, this is the closest I've ever been to the, the beginning of a line. And if you go a time or two, you start to realize where the lines form for certain areas like the the panels we went to today were both in the atrium ballroom of the Marriott Marquis and because we've been a time or two now we know where those lines start at first like my first dragon con going down there I would just see a bunch of people lined up and I'd be like okay what's this line for and of course I still do that because you still don't know you know exactly what everything is and then I would try to find the end of the line and you couldn't couldn't find it as a newbie, at least I couldn't, you know, I'd be like, all right, forget this. I'm not going to this big old panel. But now that we've done this a time or two, we kind of know what we're doing. And now we're more prepared. 
So we got in line, and, and what happens when you're in line, Hank? You sit. Yeah, you for just sit a there. while. You just sit. <laughs> Once they organize the line, and that does take a little bit of time. Play on your phone, read a book. Yeah, so you read. I we had gotten you a, a Green Lantern Jeff Jeff Johns Green Lantern comic book since I was telling Dad a couple days ago about Jeff Johns and his amazing amazing comic book writing ability. Yeah, so we sat there. I read the book. Uh, Name of the Wind, a fantasy book that I'm reading, you know, for Dragon Con, and it's really great. And uh, Hank was reading his book. We were playing our phone. We were watching cosplayers. We were talking to the people in line. Like, it's really a fun environment to do nothing because there really is nothing to do. And you're sitting down or standing up on the concrete. Um, you're just hanging out. And it is, it can be rough on the body. You know, if you know me, my you know my body's <laughs> uh, is already rough to begin with. So after walking the parade and then standing in line, you know my knees were definitely barking, feet barking. Um, but you can sit down and just relax. And it's just if you just accept it, and it's almost like going to Disney World, but it feels like it feels less stressful than that. You know, those Disney World long lines can kind of drive you nuts. This is just you know, hey, we're hanging out at the con, we're watching people. Eventually, we know we're going to get in and see what we're going to see. But until then, we're hanging out, we're reading, we're watching the phone, we're talking to people, and it's, it's a good time. So what did you think of the first big old panel we went to? We had great seats. It was so fun. It was so much fun. We were so close because usually when we go to these big panels, we can't actually see their faces we have to look at those monitors and they do have they're good about having tv screens so it's like a big concert you know you don't just see the you know let's say you're at the lawn seats of a concert you know that you can see the band you just can't read their facial expressions but they have video screens to where you can but we were where we could actually could read their facial expressions exactly. and some of them were with anger and dismay at some of the questions that <laughs> We had here most involving yesterday's panel with Catherine Tate. Yeah, there was a weird uh, trend going on. So Catherine Tate is another Doctor Who companion. Uh, she's a brilliant comedian. She has uh, the Catherine Tate show on BBC. But apparently she wowed the audience yesterday, but also left little teasers and suggestions for... Uh, for what people should ask uh, Peter Capaldi and uh, Pearl Mackey during their panel. So a lot of the questions kind of stem from that, and some of them were awful. I mean, it's just like any kind of thing that you're at where, you know, the public can ask a question. Some of the questions are going to be just awful, and some of these were awful, and you could tell the panelists were also thought they were awful, and some are great. Uh, but overall... I was super impressed with both of them. I loved, uh, I loved some of the things they said. Another thing about people asking panelists is that no child, uh, no offense to anyone, no child under the age of. 15 maybe even older than that 
should ever ask a question to a panelist. <laughs> just ever. Uh, Their just, uh, questions are. Yeah, I feel like the you might. worst. I I should never ask a panelist a question. Not well. No, see, I see you've asked panelists the questions before, and it's turned out well. But well, you know what? That's because you favor me against all other children. Well, that is definitely true. But I also think I can, you know, be objective enough to analyze whether a question is is worth asking or not. I think the problem is. And I think adults do this too, by the way. I think they get up to the microphone and they're so concentrating on the question they want to ask. They're not necessarily paying attention to what's going on around them for the previous five to ten minutes. So sometimes you might have a repeat question or a question that is very similar with just a minor difference. But um, Oh, yeah, the favorite episode versus favorite moment. Yeah, and they get these questions all the darn time. And I guess if you've been, if you've been year after year... You've heard all these questions before, and you know they don't like to answer them, and or they know they're going to answer them in a pat way. Um, but that being said, some people did step up and make some great questions. I thought, um, but yeah, generally, you know, but you know, there's two thousand people in this room. It's a huge room, and so when a when a kid gets up there to ask the question, like there's a general just like a, oh great. Now, again, that being said, there's also a ridiculous cuteness factor to kids asking questions. But some of the adult questions are just as silly. But overall, I think, did you learn anything from the panel? Did you gain some knowledge? I wasn't really paying attention to the knowledge I was gaining. I was more like, yay, Doctor Who. Yeah, I'm not sure I learned anything, but I was entertained. And it was enjoyable to see the actors away from their character personas. Uh, Pearl Mackey, like I really, really enjoyed her, like just her charisma and her personality. And I guess I learned this is kind of her first on camera job, which you being an actor was like, (laughs) (laughs) certainly some of that because somebody asked her like the difference between, you know, her, her as an actor on the first day versus the last day of the show because she's not on the show anymore. And she was like, well, I basically learned craft and technique. I had never really worked on camera. And I know I was not the only actor who was like, really, your first on-camera job is, you know, opposite the doctor on Doctor Who? That's got to be pretty incredible. Uh, call him, you up. Beside that, she was... Uh, Again, she's obviously, you know, extremely nice and very smart and very talented. And uh, Peter Capaldi is a lot funnier than I imagined. He I still cool. imagine from his first, like, bitter kind of appearance. Yeah. And he's just funny. He was so funny. So, and again, he's got this, you know, he's Scottish. He's got this Scottish dry humor. But, you know, somebody asked him a question where you anticipate the answer to be like, well, yes, and for these reasons. And, or... Well, maybe not. And for these reasons, <laughs> his answer was just no. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was just perfectly delivered and funny. <laughs> yeah, they both did some of those. So, um, how long are these panels, Hank? These big ones. Um, about an hour. Yeah, they have basically an hour. Sometimes they start a little bit late. There's a little bit of wiggle room in there. Um. And an hour seems about right for a panel of like two or three. 
sometimes when uh, there's more people, an hour seems a little bit short. But an hour seemed right. So the hour was up, and, and then what did we do? We, um, uh, we went down to the Hall of Fame. That's right. So, again, it was an all-Marriott marquee day. But in the basement of the Marriott, or the bottom floor, they have the uh, Walk of Fame. Walk of Fame or Hall of Fame? One of the two. And basically you have different of the celebrities, you know, they have their booths set up, and they have certain hours that they're there, almost like office hours in college. And you can go up to them, you can talk to them, you can, for a small fee, you know, get a picture with them or get an autograph, or that kind of thing. This is part of how these, these actors... And writers and directors make their money, you know, at the con is is through this. And who all do we see that we were interested in? Um, we got a picture with uh, Victor Garber, right? With Victor Garber, yeah. Yeah, and he's he is an actor. I mean, I'm sure most people have seen the movie Titanic. He was in Titanic. He was the designer of the ship. In The Flash and in Legends of Tomorrow, he plays... Uh, Dr. Stein. Correct. And so he's in, he's one half of the superhero... Firestorm. Firestorm, correct. So he plays like a really brilliant, I want to say physicist, but I don't know if that's right or not. Dr. Stein. That's a physicist, right? That, yeah, it's Dr. I think Dr. Martin Stein is a physicist. Okay. So he's an actor that, you know, you've seen him a thousand times in different things, and he's always good. So we saw him, and he didn't have a long line, and he's in a couple of shows that we like. And he was also mentioned in a play that I was in uh, a few years ago. Uh, the script writer, playwright Topher Payne, uh, had written a line about just how he had a, like a, he's a good actor and had a good career. And it was, it was a funny line, I don't remember it exactly, but... So we decided to get a picture with him, and that was kind of fun. He was very nice, I thought, to you and to me. Yeah. I mean, just... Everyone seems so nice, though. Yeah, they, they really do. Um, so we had just enough time to do that, and I thought we had more time, but so we, we kind of made those rounds. And again, it's just fun to see the different you know, people standing there and, and seeing the you know, the other convention goers talk about the people they want to see. But then it was time to go get in line again because our next panel wasn't really a panel. It was the John Barrowman show. Was the totally kid appropriate. Everyone <laughs> yeah. should bring their like six to, to, to ten, 11 year old there. Um, yeah, totally. he's totally, totally, totally not true. So who is John Barrowman? John Barrowman and Hank can provide more details and probably will because he read his autobiography. I read half of that autobiography. You didn't finish that? No, I didn't. What the hey, man? <laughs> you got to get on that. Um, so anyway, so he, I, I first discovered John Barrowman in a TV show called Torchwood. And at the same time, I was watching Doctor Who and he plays a character named Captain Jack Harkness in the reboot of Doctor Who. And he's just great. And in the TV show Torchwood, he's great. He's the main character there. So I really, you know, just liked him from that. And then last year at Dragon Con, we saw the panel with um, 
Rose. Who plays Rose? Billy Piper. Billy Piper. So this was our first big panel we've ever been to at Dragon Con. And Billy Piper was late, I think. Something was going on. But so Barrowman comes out instead of the moderator just to kind of entertain the crowd and kind of warm it up and kind of like keep everybody happy. And he was he was hilarious. He was so smart and funny and um, flamboyant would be a, a good word to describe him. And then I had no idea, like based on just seeing him in TV shows, how uh, what, what a consummate entertainer he is. So this year we saw he was having the John, you know, Perriman show. We're like, we got to go. And it's not really kid appropriate. <laughs> no. I'll let you explain all of that because you told me before this to let him measure how much we say about what happened. Well, so first of all, you know, he, he comes out <laughs> dressed as Cersei from Game of Thrones, you know, cross-dressing in that, which again, anything I say, like just caveat it with this, there's nothing wrong with that because I have... I don't know if I have any hang-ups at all in this arena. If I do, I'm ignorant of them. But it's something to be aware of if you're bringing your child. Uh, you know, he calls himself a gay icon, and I think he totally is. And he is just super talented and funny. But So he comes out with two scantily clad men dancing. He's making jokes about them. Uh, tons of double entendres. Some of which went over Hank's head. Some of which did not. Or maybe I'm fooling myself that some went over his head. I don't know. We're not going to revisit that right now. Um, <laughs> so it was just, but it was great because he is just, he is very much an entertainer in the classic sense of the word. He can sing, he can dance. You know, he's an incredibly talented actor. He commands the stage, commands the room. Again, he's, he's doing this work in, you know, in front of 2,000 people. This was a packed packed panel like you say is a gay icon but he's also like the dragon con icon isn't he yeah he is starting to be like he's just one of the major draws here because he goes and entertains he, he interacts and entertains and he's just fun he just makes it all fun so i think we both enjoyed enjoyed the panel uh, I was blushing a few times. I was worried about Hank. <laughs> I was looking around, noticing that there were no other 11-year-olds in the building, it looked like. Oh, okay, okay, that reminds me of something. There was someone younger than me who parents had no idea what they were doing. Um, no, no offense, whoever you are. Uh, but clearly I thought, like, oh, this guy played Captain Jack Hartness. We're fans of Doctor Who. They had no idea who he was and what happened. I don't know if they left halfway through, but I can just imagine their faces being just completely wide when he comes out as Cersei with some scantily clad men. <laughs> yeah. So and he also brought his husband on stage. Who was, panel. you know, dressed in a towel. Um, you get the idea. It was a lot of fun, actually. But uh, I was, you know... It'd have been more fun if I wasn't worried about my 11-year-old. Uh, but I feel like we have a fairly, I won't say worldly 11-year-old, but aware 11-year-old. <laughs> or at least we're, we're I think he is. 
So anyway, those were our two big panels for the day. So this is a very different day than we had yesterday. So yesterday, you know, we did the small stuff, you know, panels of like, you know, there's 30 to 60 people in the room. This was, you know, 1,500 to 2,500 people in the room. A very different thing. You know, we spent all day there and basically did three things. We really break it down. We walked in the parade. We went to two panels. Again, lots of hours were spent there. A lot of time people watching, a lot of downtime. So if you're going to Dragon Con, the first thing everybody says is you have to realize you can't do it all. So what you do is you pick the things that are important to you, and then you have backups in case those don't work out. And in this case, the things that were important to us to do today was the parade. We wanted to do Peter Capaldi. We loved Doctor Who. And we wanted to see John Berriman's show. And that you did not know exactly what it was going to be like, but I no, completely I knew it was 530. Go- I thought it was 530. I was like, it'll be fine. It's 530. I'm not I, taking I, a hang I, to the 1030 show. Like, that would be crazy. <laughs> I wonder, what, I wonder if he does have a 1030 show. That's like to the extreme. Well, he does. He does host. And I would like to go one year. You know, he does host this karaoke show at the Hard Rock Cafe. Now, that's a separate ticketed event. It's not a Dragon Con event, but. You know, it's like 250 to 300 bucks for a VIP ticket. And, um, you know, he hosts disco karaoke, and I'm sure it's amazingly fun, and I'm sure it's much more adult, but this felt pretty adult for 5.30. So that was our Dragon Con day, day two. Another really successful day. I was pleased with the parade. I was pleased with all of it, to be honest with you. What was your favorite cosplay? Favorite cosplay today. So while we were waiting in line for uh, John Barrowman, and waiting in line means we're just on the sidewalk outside of the Marriott, because again, the line was ridiculously long. Uh, They're walked by a gigantic, like 12-foot wraith from Lord of the Rings, and it was dark and scary and huge, and I think that was my favorite cosplay. What about you, Hank? My favorite cosplay was... Oh, okay, I have a story to tell. So I was trying to take a photo of this really cool cosplay I saw. It's like the SWAT person with like a mask, like a blue Mickey Mouse mask, kind of. Uh, I think called... uh, And I don't remember what patches he had on. And the back was a backpack with some like gas tanks. And I think a decapitated Pluto's head from Mickey Mouse Clubhouse... Or just Mickey Mouse and Disney in general uh, stuffed in there, and I was I took a picture of the front and I was trying to take a picture of the back, but there was also the Green Arrow cosplay. It was right next to it, and the person doing that clearly must have thought I was kind of take a picture of him, so he started posing. So then I had to change my attention to take pictures of him, but then I didn't want to embarrass him by then taking pictures of the person next to him, and then I'll be like, oh, he wasn't trying to take a picture of me. So I kind of just walked away, and I didn't get to take a picture of the back of that guy's costume. So you did some uh, sympathy cosplay photographing? Yes. Well, that's very nice of you, though. The um, person I was trying to take the photos of cosplay was my favorite. Another cosplay I really enjoyed was a guy had built the robot from the movie The Black Hole. I don't know if you all remember this. I don't remember how old I was. I feel like this is, I was in middle school. But there's like a, there was a couple of good robots in it. And there was a really bad evil robot who was big and red 
and instead of hands, he had like a, you know, a blade like on an airplane that would just like, you know, like cut through people or robots. And there was one of him, I think his name's Maximilian. So I saw him and got kind of a little, I geeked out for a moment or two and got my picture taken with him. Um, and that was kind of fun because I was able to send a, send a text, send the, send the photo via text to a buddy of mine who I grew up with, who also saw that movie with me probably, you know, five or 15 times. Oh, that reminds me. I actually noticed this. This is really cool. We were walking down the street yesterday. We saw people carrying the different limbs of that cosplay pre-putting it on. What do you mean by the different limbs? Well, because it was huge, right? Yeah, it was like probably nine feet tall. Yeah, so they were car- it was in sections, and there some one person was carrying the arm, and one person was carrying. Oh, the really? Leg. That was Maximilian. I think so. Oh, that's cool. We saw it was either that or the Hulkbuster Iron Man suit, and I'm completely wrong, but that's what I think it was. Oh, that's very cool. Very cool. So tomorrow is day three for our Dragon Con. We have a you know a mix of a day. If today was a big panel and parade, tomorrow we've got a big panel or two, right? I think, and maybe a small panel. Uh, yeah, I don't think we have it fully planned out. Yeah, we got some, some debates. We just, one thing we know we're doing is we're going and doing the vendor halls, which we haven't really talked about. Um, they're at the America's Mart. And there's two or three floors of just wall-to-wall different opportunities to buy things. And some of them range from, like, geeky, fun T-shirts to books to weapons to leather outfits to to, to anything and everything. And we will give a very full report on all of that. In our update tomorrow night. We're also doing a separate signing with Tom Cavanaugh. Yeah, so we were, you know, you can, so you have the the Walk of Fame. So you can go there, you can wait in line, and you can pay for an autograph or a selfie. But they also have, uh, I guess, professional photographers and reserve times. And we were debating doing that with Peter Capaldi because he's, you know, the doctor. We were debating doing Karen Gillum, who's one of our favorite companions, the Doctor. And but we also have like this gentleman named Tom Cavanaugh a lot. He was an actor. He starred in the TV show Ed. He played Ed, and now he's matured a bit, and he is uh, in Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Isn't that as well? No, no, not in Legends of Tomorrow. Just His character Flash. was in Legends of Tomorrow, but not played by the same actor. Uh, oh, we should talk about that. That's kind of cool. Well, um, you know how, because... We could talk about it later, perhaps. <laughs> um, anyways, I think he's an amazing actor. He's played, you know, over the, whatever, four or five, six seasons of Flash, he's basically played three different characters, maybe more, almost under the same guise, almost under the same name. Um Anyway, so he's a guy we like, so we're, we're going to doing a re, we were doing a reserved, timed photograph with him, and we'll see how that goes, and we'll report back on that as well. Uh, anything else to mention tonight, Hank? No. Awesome. 
Well, I hope you all have a, a great Labor Day weekend. And uh, we are signing up from Saturday night from the con. And we will uh, we'll report back tomorrow night. Hope you enjoy. Yeah. Good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Cerzier and Antoine Hurrah. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email, a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.